The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It sure is ready again to rock and or roll. Glad to have you with us. Lior Samfiru, of course, the uh, co-founding partner, Samfiru to Market LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the nation. Busy, busy, busy you are, Lior, but we got uh, time for this show today, which we love doing. You want to reach out to, uh, to Lior anytime, by the way, one 855 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. And even before that phone call, a free, anonymous, amazing website built just for you to uh, expand your knowledge of employment law for uh, no charge. How about that? Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is where you want to go. The severance pay calculator is in there as well. But we got a ton of things to get through on the show today, including things you should never do without calling Lior first. Those points are coming up in just a bit. But a few things to go over with uh, with you, pal, today. Uh, the week that was, what's going on? Hey, John. Uh, you know, it does kind of my, my weeks and my weekends and my weekdays all seem to be uh, – gobbled up together because I, I tend to work through the weekends and answer questions. That just is a reflection of how many issues and questions I'm being faced with uh, these days. But that's good. That's okay. Because as long as people have questions, I want to help and provide those answers. So this is another great opportunity right now, live on radio, for you to ask your questions about your workplace rights. Well, do something about it. Pick up the phone, call. I'll answer the question, tell you what you need to do on Monday when you go to work. Maybe you're not going back to work on Monday because you lost your job. What does that mean? Let's talk about that. Whatever the issue is, the ultimatum you're facing, the problem that you're dealing with, there are answers. There are solutions, and we're going to spend the next uh, 45 minutes or so giving those to you. And, of course, to start us off, we always go to the week there was a couple situations that came across my desk over the past uh, week. So you won't be surprised, John, at all. No one here will, I think, that uh, I'm still dealing with a lot of questions about vaccinations and vaccination mandates and ultimatums. And uh, these uh, cases I'll tell you about touch on that. Okay. So uh, this first gentleman I spoke with, uh, uh, actually it was a couple of days ago, uh, he found himself in an interesting situation, one that I hadn't actually seen. What his employer said is, well, we need you to be vaccinated by the end of the year. But if you don't, there's this bonus that you were due. Uh, we're not going to pay you this bonus. So essentially, this employer is saying, we're going to penalize you. We, there's a bonus. Actually, he told me the bonus would be up to $15,000. That's a lot of money. And his employer said, we're not going to pay you this bonus uh, if you don't get vaccinated mm-hmm. because you're not in, in compliance with our policy. So we're not going to pay it to you. Obviously, upset, you know, I would say even more than that, he called me. And he wanted to know, can they do this? Well, the short answer is no, they can't. His employer is not allowed to withhold payment that he has earned. His employer is not allowed to uh, punish him in this situation. His employer could let him go with severance if they want. An employer can always let an employee go with severance, but they can't avoid paying him what he's already earned. So in this case, yes, they have to pay him his bonus. It's not something that they can withhold. And by refusing to pay him the bonus, not only will they still have to pay it, that could be considered a constructive dismissal. They're not abiding by the terms of employment. So ultimately, this employer will not just have to pay bonus. They'll have to pay this guy severance, potentially as much as nine months pay. He'd been there for six years. I assessed him as being owed nine months pay. 
So it's a significant bill that's going to come with this uh, idea that they've had. Not a good one. But, of course, an important reminder there for everyone that uh, the basic rule is your employer can't, number one, uh, take away or, or avoid paying you something that they owe you. That's very basic. And also your employer can't change the terms of employment. Constructive dismissal, this idea tells us that if your employer does change terms of employment, you have the right, the ability to treat that as a termination and require your company, your employer, to pay severance. Not a good idea by this company. Should have known better. And hopefully they back off or uh, they may hear from uh, Lior Sanfiru. No kidding. And by you want to hear from Lior, in fact, make the make the reach out one eight five five eight two one. 5,900, by the way, anytime, help at employmentlawyer.ca. What else is going on, pal? Another company that probably didn't think things through completely. <sighs> so this gentleman, uh, and, and I had to you know, do a double take to look at this. He had signed a four-year contract with his employer about six months ago. And, uh, you know, fairly well, uh, good position, you know, uh, making very good income. And uh, very recently, they said to him that you need to uh, get the vaccine. He had refused, and they let him go. Uh, Like so many other people, he was let go for not being vaccinated. And the company didn't pay him a dime. They said, you didn't get the vaccine. We're letting you go for cause. Uh, You're done. So, number one, it's not cause. I've said this before. Uh, There are very, very, very good reasons for people to get vaccinated. And I certainly encourage everyone to get vaccinated. That said, unless there's a government mandate in most places, there's not. it's not going to be cause if you are let go for not being vaccinated. Right. So, John, this guy was not fired legally for cause. But the interesting thing is he worked six months of his four-year contract. Guess what? I think you know oh where God. I'm going with oh, this. Oh, yeah, big time. They owe him the balance of the contract. They <sighs> owe him for the last three and a half years. Oh, oh, oh. Didn't think this through the company. That's hundreds of thousands of dollars for this guy. Uh, and I'm going to help him get it. And it's probably going to be a very straightforward matter. So number one, reminder, it's not cause if you're let go uh, in this situation. Just as important, if you ever work on a fixed term contract, a contract for a specific period of time, and then you are let go, in most cases, your employer still has to pay you the balance of the contract, the remaining time on the contract. If you don't get it, you know what to do. You give me a call. Man, talk about the best Christmas ever for that guy. That's like super severance without even being severance. That's three and a half years that that employer is just going to have to keep paying him. That's, uh, you know, that requires a little more due diligence for sure on the employer's on the employer's part. But, uh, yeah, we're going to get to our uh, topic for today here in just a second. That is things you should never do without calling Lior first. Like that company would have been a great idea to reach out first but didn't happen. Want to get to a... Uh, to a call though hey mark thanks for uh taking the time how are you i'm good thank you gentlemen for taking my call you bet so, um, I have, um inquiry so my daughter uh about uh, two and a half years ago was enticed to leave her previous employer to go to a new employer uh they gave her a contract um covid hit it was one of the hardest hit industries she was uh, put on the serb uh she was since uh, given employment insurance as well because it was still uh, very slow. She since became pregnant. She told her employer that she needs to have her hours uh, and was hoping that they would be able to give her back her full-time hours, uh, but she became pregnant. But she's just found out now that she's uh, she's exhausted most of her uh, benefits 
and uh, she is not going to be entitled to maternity benefits when she goes on leave. Now, is she back at work, Mark? She's still at work, but she's out of reduced hours still. How long has she been back with reduced hours? Oh, uh, like all of last year, she was getting oh, the CERB. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and but she never imagined that that was going to affect her in her maternity. Yeah. No, but when did when did she go back with reduced hours? How long ago? Oh, this is when uh, the COVID hit. No, so but she was on CERB. She was off work, right? For she was off work, and then she came back to work. When did she come back to work? She's come back to work uh, last last year, the end of last year. Uh, but so, the, her understanding was that her employer was supposed to top up her 25% that they were supposed to pay. She, she was getting a reduced amount. So they were, they were paying her based on what the government was, was giving the employer, but they weren't topping it up for her either. Yeah, so here's the problem. The, the problem is that her employer, number one, didn't have the right to put her on CERB, didn't have the right to reduce her hours. She could have dealt with that and not gotten a significant amount of compensation from them, especially since they recruited her away. The problem is that if she's now been doing this since last year, she's now considered to have accepted this new reality, these new terms of employment, this reduction, etc. So because of that, there's nothing she could do vis-a-vis -vis her employer. And, and she's in this really uncomfortable and unusual situation where because she's utilized benefits, she's not going to qualify for maternity benefits. That's, that's not an employer thing. That's a government thing. So unfortunately, there's no solution here because of the fact that she had been back for a while. If, if this had just happened, if now they said we're reducing her hours, we could have gotten her severance, potentially six, eight, nine months pay, maybe more. But because she's been doing this for a while, unfortunately, uh, She's, uh, Mark, she's accepted these changes, and not much can be done. Well, she wanted to cooperate with her employer because they were hit with COVID as well, but she never imagined. Well, she notified them in July that she was pregnant and told them, look at, I mean, I, 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 I'm able, willing, and, and I need to work full time. Um, and they, they basically started reducing her hours even more once they notified her she, that, yeah. that she was pregnant. The problem is as soon as that happened, she should have called me. I, I'm not saying hindsight is always twenty twenty, but because now she's been doing this for a while, Mark, she's kind of stuck in this situation. Uh, the lesson here is always important. If your employer does something, imposes a change, does something they're not supposed to, you have to deal with it right away. If you accept it, continue working. Just like in this situation where Mark's daughter, you're going to be stuck, unfortunately. Mark, really appreciate the call and your time. We're going to take a short break, get into the things you should never do without calling Lior first. It's a good list, and it's a, it's a precise list. So stick around for it. Uh, Brandon, we'll get to your call as well. Short break and lots more on the way. Employment Law Show continues. Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to an Employment Law Show. Reaching out when the show is done anytime. Help at employmentlawyer.ca through email. Just employmentlawyer.ca is the firm website. It'll get you right there. 
And while you explore and uh, learn things, you can also hit the media tab and uh, find links to our long-running TV show as well and a website you can use anytime for your benefit. Again, so much, uh, so many questions can be answered just by a few clicks, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But the phone calls here on the show always are priority. Brandon, thank you so much for standing by. How are you? Good, good. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good, brother. What's uh, What's on your mind today? Well, I got a quick question. I recently uh, left the company. Um, I was I signed a contract basically stating that any training that they sent me on, uh, I'd have to stay employed with them for a year after the training, or else the they would be deducting the cost of the training from my my wage. Um, and I did sign that. Now I was looking in section thirteen of the Employment Standards Act, and it says that it has to be a specified amount um, on my contract, and there was no specified amount. So would that be a wrongful deduction, I guess? It would be a wrongful deduction, but that may not help you. Here's what I mean by that is they may not be able to deduct, but they can sue you, right, for this amount. So it's kind of the same difference, if you know what I mean. Is a practical matter, if in fact you signed an agreement like that, obviously I haven't seen it, but if that's what it specifies, then that money is owing to the company. So they may not have to deduct the right to deduct it from you automatically from your pay, but if they don't, they'll just take legal action against you. The net result is you have to pay. Does that make sense? Yeah, like they've already taken it off my final paycheck. Um, I'm just trying to see if I can get it back. Um, you, you may be able to by filing a complaint with the Ministry of Labor because, yes, you're right, they, they can't deduct uh, what's an unspecified amount. But let's say you do get it back, they'll just turn around and sue you for it. So I don't know that – I mean, you can do that, absolutely, but I don't know that you're going to be any further ahead, if you know what I mean. Right. So how could they sue me for it, though? Because I broke the contract? Exactly, yes, because it's a term of the contract that says – We'll only pay it if, if you commit to being here for a year, and if, if you don't, then you agree to pay us back. So it's, it's a simple contract, so they would sue you for breach of contract. Right, okay. Perfect. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate you uh, Appreciate you reaching out and making that phone call. You want to follow up or any other questions with Lior and his team, uh, no problem. 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll take uh, some topics here before we get to, to more phone calls. On the show, okay, things you should never do without calling Lior first. And this is number one. It's smart that you put this in the number one place because it's the uh, the overall reason why uh, basically you started the show uh, 10 years ago, and that is contact the Ministry of Labor for advice when you've lost your job. So I just uh, told Brandon that uh, he should contact uh, the Ministry of Labor because the company didn't deduct amounts from his cha- uh, mm-hmm. paycheck properly. They deducted something they shouldn't have deducted. Yes. So that's perfectly appropriate. If he had had a, an overtime issue, I would have told him the same thing. If he had a vacation pay issue, I would have told him the same thing. Where I would have never, ever told him to contact the Ministry of Labor is if he had lost his job. And the reason for that is the Ministry of Labor not only cannot help you get your full entitlements, that's kind of bad enough, good enough reason not to contact them, but by contacting the Ministry of Labor and filing a claim with the Ministry of Labor if you lost your job, you then get barred, prevented from pursuing your full entitlements. Give you an example. Let's say you work for a company, I don't know, for uh, four years. Company lets you go, whatever, reason restructuring, COVID, what have you. You contact the Ministry of Labor. They say you're owed four weeks. You file a claim to get that four weeks. 
wait a second, take a step back. You're actually owed easily six months pay. And by filing that claim with the Ministry of Labor, you can never pursue that six months uh, pay. You're stuck with that four weeks. Horrible situation. And the reason for that is the Ministry of Labor can only advise and enforce your minimum termination entitlements, not your full termination entitlements. And the difference between minimum and full is massive. It could be months pay, can even be years pay. That's why you can never, ever, ever go to the Ministry of Labor if you lost your job. No exceptions to that, okay? You can go there for other issues like, you know, with respect to your uh, vacation pay, overtime, deductions, what have you. That's absolutely fine and, in fact, a good idea. If you lost your job, you have to speak with an employment lawyer. I'm, I'm an employment lawyer. You can speak to me. If you don't like me, speak to another employment lawyer. But what you can't do ever is go to the Ministry of Labor. And you can reach out again anytime to Lior, 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. Number two, next thing you should never do, this one is super topical, quit because of the employer's vaccine policy. So a lot of employees, uh, a lot of employers, I should start by saying, have implemented vaccine policies in the workplace. And, you know, if the statistics are correct, anywhere from 2 to 5% of employees individuals just generally are not vaccinated so you know an employer can assume that it's going to have a few individuals that have chosen not to be vaccinated now a lot of these employees may feel that well there's this policy and i'm not going to get a vaccine i guess i have no choice but to quit i've gotten already quite a few emails over the past few months from people that either wanted to quit or have already quit because their employer implemented a vaccine policy no, you don't do that. And the reason you don't do that is that if your employer doesn't want you there because you're not vaccinated or really for any reason, yeah. they have to let you go. It's on your employer to do that. And that is better than quitting because of the fact that if you are let go, the law says your employer must pay you severance, even in a vaccine situation. In most cases, if you lose your job because you're not vaccinated, law says that's not a for-cause termination. That's a without-cause termination, so severance has to be paid. So there's absolutely no reason why you would quit kind of preemptively. That's true now as we're talking about uh, mandatory vaccines. It's also true generally. You should never quit unless you've decided you want to work somewhere else or you're going to spend more time with the family. Don't quit because something has happened in the workplace. If your employer doesn't want you there, let them make the move. That's better. That's smarter. You're owed compensation. And, of course, if you're not sure, if you should wait, you shouldn't wait, always, always give me a call. Well, it's that situation we've talked about so many times and a couple times, Leo, in the last couple of weeks, and everybody's just got this this thought that, oh, it always looks better if I leave on my own accord rather than getting booted out because, you know, I'll be like this uh, employment pariah, like there's going to be some permanent record that I got fired and I'm never going to be able to work again. So you know what? I'm doing it myself. That's not the way to look at it, right? Kind of like, you know, when you go to the doctor and there's that chart that the doctor has. And even if you switch doctors, that chart's going to follow you, right? Uh, I think there's a Seinfeld episode on that. Well, (laughs) no, it does not apply in the employment situation. There's no chart. There is no database. There's no spreadsheet where the reason why you're not with the company is kept. It doesn't exist. Even if it did, it wouldn't matter. But it doesn't exist. The only time you get a record of employment, that's only for EI purposes. Right. And by the way, if you quit, you don't get EI anyway. You only get EI if the company lets you go. So it does not matter. It doesn't make sense to 
to quit rather than be let go. It's better to be let go so you can get EI, so you can get severance. So again, if you feel you're in a position where you have to quit before you do that, let's talk. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca, again, free anonymous website, great place to reach out and uh, get some more information than that phone call if you want to follow up, one 821 5,900 things you should never do without calling Lior first. Here's another one in a temporary layoff situation. Again, countrywide. Uh, sit home and wait to be called back to work. How many people have been doing that for almost two years? Yeah, absolutely. This yeah. has been a massive thing uh, since the pandemic hit. Uh, a lot of individuals, for legitimate reasons, have been put off on a layoff. Sometimes referred to it in Ontario as an infectious disease emergency leave. Either way, it's a situation where you're put off work, you're not getting paid. And I know uh, hundreds, thousands of people even that are sitting at home, have sat at home and wait to be called back. They're waiting. They're hoping that at some point they'll be called back. And certainly that is an option. You have that option. But you have to remember there's the second option, which I think for many people may be the better one. And that is you don't have to wait. You don't have to see what your employer decides. You can decide. You can make the decision to consider that layoff as a termination of your employment. You can do that even though it's called an infectious disease emergency leave. If you don't want to wait, if you've had enough, you can say that's a termination. By putting me on this layoff, on this leave, you've terminated my employment, and now you have to pay me severance. Remember that severance could be as much as 24 months pay. So that is an option that you have. So before you just sit and wait, Let's talk about it. One of the concerns about sitting and waiting is if you are eventually eventually called back to work, by accepting that, by allowing that to happen, you've given the company the right to do it again, which is why I say don't just sit and wait, at least not without chatting with me so that you can better understand the options and the problems that can happen if you let it happen. Now, those that have uh, have been off for, say, an extreme length of time, Lior, almost two years, say when they went off and were put on temporary layoff, not knowing they could do anything about it, they were a, I don't know, 10-year employee. Now, fast forward to this time, and they're almost a 12-year employee. That time does count towards severance, yeah? Correct. Yeah, time you spend off on a leave, on a leave of absence, on a layoff does count towards your entitlements. And, of course, the longer you work or the more service or seniority you have, the more severance is owed to you. So very important to keep that in mind. Severance pay calculator, again, at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's nestled right into that website, so check it out. We'll get to one more of these before we take a take a wee break. Things you should never do before calling Lior and his team first, and that is, oh, this one, this one can, this one can kill you. Sign an employment agreement, especially if you're already employed midstream, right? Yeah, one of our shows uh, last week, I, I told you, uh, about an employment uh, or an employee that signed an employment agreement uh, one day and was let go six months later. And that employment agreement that he'd signed limited his termination entitlements. He yeah. didn't realize that and it cost him tens of thousands of dollars. So let's be very, very clear. If you're already working and your employer comes to you and say, we want you to sign this employment agreement, don't, just, don't worry about it. Just sign here. All's good, man. No, it's not all good, man. And it's not something that your employer should do and you should not sign. An employment agreement would only be introduced to you if it's better for your employer, if it contains terms that are better for the company. For example, like I said, it will likely have a term limiting your severance significantly. So you sign it, then at some point you're let go. Now maybe instead of 24 months severance, you get eight weeks severance. 
wow, that's tens of thousands, if not more, right there. It could also contain terms that allow the company to change your hours of work, your days of work, your compensation, your job responsibilities. It could also contain terms like a non-competition obligation. If you leave, you can't work in the industry for two years. So there's all these terms that are extremely problematic and that if you sign, you're going to be stuck with them. Okay, so be very careful. And if you're not sure what it means, if once you have that agreement in front of you, should you sign it, give me a call. Let's talk about it. I can tell you in 60 seconds whether or not that's something you need to worry about. Let's take a short break. Get back to uh, to more calls. Ali, stand by. We will get to you in the meantime. Uh, a number to call anytime, one 855 821 We'll get to some email in just a bit as well. Employment Law Show continues. Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we are back at it. Anytime you want to reach out to Lior and his team when we're not doing this show, it's easy. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Things you should never do before calling Lior first. We'll get to that list and then some email, but uh, calls, always priority. Hi, Ali. How are you? Hi. I'm okay. How are you? Fantastic. What's on your mind? Um, so I was just saying I work as a nurse, and in about a week from now, I'll be placed on um, a leave of absence and then termination, it sounds like. So I was on maternity leave the last 18 months. So that's why it's now and not when they, I guess, implemented the policy. Um, so they are going to pay out my vacation pay, um, not my sick time that I've accumulated. So I was curious if they would owe me the sick time that I've accumulated um, and then severance. So uh, I take it, Ali, because you're a nurse, that you're a part of a union. Yeah, I am. Okay. So first of all, unionized employees don't actually get severance in, in these situations. What you can get if you're let go is your job back with, in fact, back pay. But to get that, the union has to be the one filing a grievance and, and fighting for you. There's nothing that you can do without the union or that I can do for you. It has to be the union. Now, they wouldn't have to pay the, the accrued sick pay because that's only given in specific situations, but it's a question of them actually not having the right to let you go. But again, that's easy for me to say because the only one that can do something about that is your union. And if your union won't support you, unfortunately, there's not many options. That's, that's what comes with being part of a union. So they are supporting, like, but there are other people right. who have been let go, um, and they're in the process of doing, like, the grievance, um, right. and then and the union's doing all of that. So I'm hoping, because I don't want to lose my job. I love my job. I've been there for six years. So, so yeah. yeah, so definitely that's the recourse here. If they're successful, then you will get your job, and if you've been off work, you will get the back pay. You'll get paid for the time that you were off work. So that is the recourse here, and, and hopefully that all works out for you. Yeah, hopefully. All right, thank you so much. Thank you for your time, Ali. Appreciate that. Going to uh, move on down to Brian. Hey, Brian, how are you? I'm good, guys. How are you doing? Beauty. What's uh, what's on your mind today? The question is uh, about my wife. Uh, she was an hourly worker and then uh, was accruing a lot of overtime. So they made her salaried, but now she's accruing even more uh, hours over 44 hours a week. I'm just wondering if she's entitled to overtime. 
Uh, what kind of a job does your wife do? She does uh, kind of a marketing, analytics, uh, administrative type job. And is she a manager? Are there people that report to her? Not, not one person. Okay. If she's not a manager in that type of job, yes, she absolutely is entitled to overtime. And overtime is paid based on any hours over 44 hours a week. So here's how that's calculated. Whatever she earns in a week, whatever her weekly salary is, I don't know, whether it's 500 bucks, 1000 bucks, whatever that is, you take that and divide it by 44. That gives you an hourly rate. Anything over 44 has to be paid at time and a half. So if that mathematical calculation uh, divided by 44 is $20, then the overtime rate is time and a half, which is $30. So anything over 44 hours has to be paid at that extra rate. That's true even though she's on salary. Uh, she should talk to them about that. If they refuse to pay it, she, she can have me help her or she can go to the Ministry of Labor, but they absolutely have to pay her the overtime. Okay. Uh, just an additional question. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's really burning her out. Um, if she decides to leave, can she pursue the overtime uh, overages through uh, the Employment uh, Standards Board if she leaves? Correct, but there's something else here that you have to keep in mind. If they're not paying her overtime and that's why she leaves, that's actually a constructive dismissal. In other words, she's leaving because her employer is essentially violating the law. Uh, and that means not only would she be entitled to the overtime, she would also be entitled to severance. The Ministry of Labor can't help her with that. For that, she needs to speak to me. If all she's wanting is her outstanding overtime, no problem. You can go to the Ministry of Labor. If she also wants severance, which she would be entitled to in that situation, I can absolutely help her with that as well. Perfect. Thanks, Lior. Thanks, Brian, for your time today as well. You probably know it, but just in case, one 855 the number, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And uh, back to our list of things you should uh, never do before consulting Lior. And uh, th- this one, again, another reason why you can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca because it's got a great section on this, and that is make assumptions as to your status as independent contractor. Always confusion here. Always confusion and always something that uh, people are surprised by. Mm-hmm. We have people right now, I promise you, listening to this show that believe that they're independent contractors, may have even believed that they're independent contractors for, for years, been doing the same job, contractors. The company doesn't deduct pay. They pay their own taxes. Maybe they even have their own company that they've incorporated. Well, not so fast. The law is the only one that can decide whether you're an employee or an independent contractor. You don't decide, the company doesn't decide, a piece of paper doesn't decide. Mm-hmm. So how do you know? Well, if you have a regular job, if you go to work, do the job, come home, go back the next day, you're an employee. There's no other way around it. If you work for a company, take directions from them, report to someone at the company, uh, you don't have a say as to who you work for, how you, much you work for, when you work, then that means you are an employee, and it doesn't matter how your taxes are paid, doesn't matter what you've signed. You've been misclassified. And why is it important to know if you've been misclassified? Well, there's a number of reasons. First of all, if you really are an employee, you may be entitled to things such as overtime, vacation pay, right. holiday pay. Just as important is if you are let go because you're an employee, you're entitled to severance. I've spoken over the years with hundreds of people that were let go quote-unquote, is independent contractors. But no, they were really employees in the eyes of the law, and they were owed severance. That is why it's so important 
that you get that advice and understand. Now, I'm going to make it even easier for you to under to figure out if you're an employee or independent contractor. Uh, John here has told you about PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. Well, at PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca, we have a tool that allows you to find out if you're an employee or a contractor. You answer a few questions, and it tells you you're an employee or you're a contractor. Easy to use. It's free. It's anonymous. No names are put there. No credit cards are put there. Chances are you've been misclassified. So please don't assume just because you signed something that you're an independent contractor. And always reach out again, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. I mean, we've often said if it was just that simple, every employer in Canada would just have a bunch of contractors. It's, you know, hey, wash your hands of any obligation. It'd be so much easier, right? Well, yeah. Every person, literally every person in the, the job force would be an independent contractor if it was that simple. Huh. Why would anyone be uh, an employee? Well, the reason why that's not happening, the reason why the, the vast majority of people working are employees is because the law requires that to be the case. You can't just call someone an independent contractor if they're not. There could be, by the way, tax penalties, fines, etc. So you don't want to kind of mess with that, whether you're a company or an individual. If someone is an employee, call them an employee, treat them like an employee, pay them like an employee, yeah. or again, there could be problems. Working our way through a very important list on the show today of things you should never do without calling Lior first. This one coming up after the break, the one that could cost you a whole mitt full of cash. We'll get to that. But in the meantime, you want to write down this number and reach out after the show is done if you see fit. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. And once again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, invaluable website, free and anonymous right there. We'll continue Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we're back. Thanks for hanging with us for the uh, for the hour. And we are talking about uh, the list of things things you should never do without calling Lior first. By the way, that number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. No obligation. Just call, have a chat, learn something, and you might uh, bounce you over to the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. That doesn't require a phone call. That just requires a few clicks of the mouse or uh, some scrolling with your finger, and you can learn so much about your employment law rights without even calling. But you can follow up, of course, with a call and a contact on that page, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Okay, this next one, the big one. And if you haven't figured this out over the last 10 years of listening to this show, we're going to do it one more time for you. Never, ever sign a severance letter without talking to Lior first. I wonder why. Well, that is quite literally where the money is. (laughs) Uh, It's so, so, so important that you understand that you have significant financial entitlements, okay, when you lose your job. And the chances of your employer just offering you, you those entitlements, just kind of of their own volition is very, very small. 90% of people, and I'm being conservative, it's probably more than that, but let's say 90% of people, when they're let go, are offered significantly less, significantly less than what they're actually owed. And there's many reasons for that, and we've covered those on the show over the years. But bottom line is this. If you sign off on that severance letter, you didn't know better, you thought it was okay, maybe you felt the pressure, all of those are legitimate reasons. But if you sign off, there's no going back. There's no realizing, wow, what a mistake I made. I was owed another year's pay. 
Happens all the time. Happens every day. Mm-hmm. Can't go back. So whatever happens, whatever the pressure you're feeling, I understand the pressure. Whatever you believe that the offer represents, do not sign it. Uh, I'm, I, I make it as easy as possible for you to actually get a proper assessment of what you wrote. Of course, you can always call me and my team. That's easy to do. Maybe the best thing to do. Yeah. But as John said, just grab your smartphone. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Use our severance calculator tool and find out if the offer is good or not. It's that simple. But John, every single week, I speak with one or two people at least that uh, signed off on that offer. Then they realize it was a mistake. They owed more and they want my help. And I always have to say, sorry, I can't help you. You have to talk to me before you sign off. You have to talk to me before you make that decision, even if there's a deadline. Every severance offer has a deadline. You have to sign by Friday or Monday or whatever it is. Ignore it. It doesn't matter. Your legal rights don't expire on that deadline. They don't expire for two whole years. So do the right thing if you lost your job. Always, forever. Tell others about it as well. If you lost your job, let's talk about it. Let's make sure you get what you're owed. Yeah, there's a deadline which people are scared of, Friday at 5 or whatever it is, but then they'll say, you know, my uh, my buddy, my neighbor Steve, who's been fired six times, he says, no, no, a week, two weeks per year, That whatever they, what they wrote you down there. In fact, they gave you a couple extra weeks. That's good, man. No, no, sign off on it. So, you know, take the money and run. Yeah, well, it, it, it's not just like you wouldn't take advice from Steve, uh, you know, for your medical condition. You shouldn't take your advice from Steve with respect to your legal situation. No. For that, you have to speak to someone that knows what he's talking about. And I've said this before on the show and other shows. I'll say it right now again. If you don't like me, okay, well, I don't like this Leo. He thinks, uh, I just don't like the sound of his voice. No problem. Speak to another employment lawyer. That's fine. But get that advice because if you get the advice after you sign that severance package, despite whatever reason you had for signing it, it's too late. There's no going back. Next one on the list of things you should never do without talking to Lior and his team first. And again, this has been happening so much as people are getting back to work, uh, part-time or otherwise hybrid situation with the pandemic, and that is accept changes to the terms of your employment. Exactly. You, you don't want to accept changes because by accepting changes, you've given the company the right to do it again. So it's very easy to think, well, you know, it's kind of a one-time thing. I'll accept it. I'll just continue working for the next 10 years. Everything will be fine. And that may be the case. But the problem is if your employer implements a change, you accept it, then they have the right to do it again. And the second, third, and fifth time they do it, you won't be able to, to do anything about it. You only have one chance to oppose, if you will, a change. If your employer makes a significant change in terms of employment, your pay, your hours, your responsibilities, your work location. You can, you can potentially treat that as a constructive dismissal. In other words, you can reject that change, yeah. treat it as a termination, and get severance. Why would you want to do that? Well, for the reason that I said. Mm-hmm. You may have said, okay, I'll take this pay cut now because I, I want to support my employer, and that's good. That's great. But by accepting that pay cut, you've given the company the right to do it again. And next month, they cut your pay again. And the month after that, and before too long, you're making nothing almost, and you can't do anything about it then because you let it happen that first time. So if you're faced with a change before you accept, before you reject, frankly, before you do anything, we need to have a chat. Let's get to one more of these uh, with the remaining time thing you should never do before talking to Lior, and that is accept medical accommodation that does not follow your doctor's directions. 
very important to remember that if you need accommodation, modified duties, modified hours, working from home, whatever it is that, that's governed by your medical situation, your doctor is the only one that gets to decide. Your doctor has an incredible amount of power to outline what is the support and the accommodation that you need. Once you've provided that doctor's note to your employer, it's up to your employer to figure it out. They have to find a way to make it happen, if at all possible. Even if it's difficult, they still have to find a way to make it happen. What they shouldn't do and you shouldn't accept is provide accommodation that's different than what your, your doctor says. So your doctor says you should be taking a job where you're uh, sitting at least two hours a day. Well, your employer says, well, we don't have that, but you can sit half hour a day. Right. No, it's, this is not a negotiation. This is not option one, option two. You have to do what your doctor says, and your employer has to follow that. And if your employer doesn't work hard enough to accommodate you or doesn't try or doesn't want to, well, that's a human rights violation. Okay, That's a very serious thing that could also be considered a constructive dismissal. So remember, the doctor has a tremendous amount of strength, power, and decision-making ability when it comes to your health. If your employer won't comply with your doctor before you do anything, before you think that there's no choice, there is a choice. We need to have a chat. Good way to wrap it up for another day. Appreciate the phone calls, the correspondence. You want to reach out now a little further, have some more discussion points with Lior and his team. They're all ready. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. The website, employmentlawyer.ca is good because that will give you links to our long-running TV show. And again, the website that is built just for you. It's free. It's anonymous. It'll make you smarter. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.